Film Autopsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. I love that opening. <laughs> what is going on, everybody watching right now? That's right. Welcome back to another episode of Action Film Autopsy with my brother from another mother. That's right. Rick Myers. That's right. Author, Hall of Famer. That's right. You got you have to add the head shake, otherwise it's not legit. <laughs> Welcome back, brother. Welcome. Nice to be back. Awesome to be here. I mean, I'm you know, it's just always a pleasure. I look forward to this every month. And uh we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun this this episode. Yes, yes. A lot of films, a lot of uh uh series. We're gonna we're gonna have some down. fun. It's rolling down. <laughs> uh before we get started, uh we gotta Little, a little clip I'm going to play right now. Uh, hey, y'all know, uh, author, Hall of Famer. So y'all know what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? All right. Films of Fury. Go out and get the book. Hey. They, shouldn't, they shouldn't have killed his dog. That's right. John Wick. Go out there and get that book. That's right. So make sure you get <laughs> oh, yeah, and go, go and see, go, like you have to, go and see uh, a Minions Rise of Gru. Mm-hmm. And there you, you, can watch, you can find the episode of the Brandon Lee um, autopsy on Reels channel. Go take a look at that. See if we got that right. That's and right. Do that, do that. Yes, yes. So every time you hear Rick, I got to play this. Get the book! Get the book! Get the book! <laughs> I just got I just got my royalties for uh, Films of Fury. You know, you guys, you guys are being awesome about this. The fat samurai bump. Because you know, I'm still getting royalties after it, the book came out in 2011. Wow! Ten years that. later, it's still playing on Freebie as part of Amazon Prime, the movie, mm -hmm. movie, and the book is still selling after ten years. Thanks, guys. There you go. Because it's awesome. All right, roll call. Jake Hall, what's going on? He's saying, "What's going hey. on, Rick Myers?" Oh shit! Lady Danish in the house. We got Champ in the house. What's going on, Dingo? Oh shit, Heather. Finkster, oh yeah, he says, bring it on. Yes, <laughs> it's, on. it's on, baby. It's on. And, uh, we got Reese here. Uh, oops, I lost him here. Hold on, we got uh, here we go. The Revenge of Kung Fu Santa. There you go, <laughs> just like Jedi. I don't do revenge. <laughs> return, there you go. Return, the return of the Kung Fu Santa. That's right. What's going on, Todd? What is happening? Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Talk movies and all that stuff. And as is tradition for every single action film autopsy episode, Rick, he hey, he's he's got that that kung fu speed and energy. He always beats Samurai Guy to the punch. So a lot of this stuff, Samurai Guy has not seen. Nope. But yeah. we can it's still talk about it. No punch. No punch involved. Okay, okay. Punch. I'm okay. Beating, I'm beating you to the beer. Okay, okay, there you go. <laughs> There we go. So, uh, yeah, but we can go ahead and jump right into this. Let's start off with, well, oh boy, Dr. Fashion Show again tonight, and the, mm. I had a hard time choosing my first shirt of the evening. It was originally going to be my Fat Samurai shirt, yes, or it was going to be my Welgo, my new Welgo USA shirt. But I realized this was the only shirt I had that was Netflix. Okay. This shirt was a gift from James Liu, who was the um, choreographer or the stunt arranger for the first season of Luke Cage on Netflix. 
it, Love I'll James. Give it back. See if you got the back here. All right, let me bring, blow it up again. Okay. I, I don't see anything. Okay. There you go. All right. There you go. Stunt team. I see it stunt now. Team. Nice. Three tons of stunt team. Nice. So in any case, so this is my Netflix shirt because the first two movies or things we'll be talking about are from, yeah, it is, they are movies, are, are from Netflix. Nice, nice, nice. You got to love and some James Lou. Netflix, well, everything now. One of the, the all, this is August. This is the August action film autopsy. And August is the dog days of the cinema world. Okay. This is where, you know, lost leaders go to get dumped in August. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you'll notice that a, that a majority, I think it's a ma literal majority, you can keep count as we go along. A majority of these films are assassination films. Again, <laughs> the realm where 25% of the Earth's population are, are hit people. Right, right, right. And I've added to that now. Because I'm adding a lot of, you know, the definitions. Yes, you're right. James is an absolute legend. Thank you, James. I, as you can see, I still love the shirt. Um, I got to get him on the show in the future, you know. Oh, absolutely. Assassination, colon, the land of collateral damage <laughs> and badass holes. It's not just badasses anymore for me. It's mm -hmm. badass holes. Right. right. Badass <laughs> Everybody's a bad asshole. Bad asshole, yeah. All, and it's the land of collateral damage. Not only right, right. the reason that 25% of the Earth's population has hit people is that they killed everybody else. Right, right, right. All these, uh, you see all these movies and just people are getting slaughtered right and left. Let's make something else clear. I want to make clear on the outset. These are my opinions and Fat Samurai's opinions on how we feel about these movies. They're not your opinions. Right. Because I've been seeing these movies, I realize today I'm seeing I've been seeing these movies for 65 years. So my my area of like and dislike is different than most of you guys watching. I want more from a movie now than when mm -hmm. I got, what I got when I got it back when I was five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, etc. Right. Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about here. Not that afterwards. Before we before we get into it here. Uh... Saverio wants me to give you my thoughts on the gray man because remember you wanted to know, you yeah. wanted to know. Yep. So I think I think apples. I think your 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 take on it, Rick, kind mm -hmm. of extremely lowered my expectations even more. Which going into it, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was okay. Yeah, it, you had yeah. you have the badass, but yeah, if the movie was badass, you're happy. I, I did I was disappointed with some things though. I still feel it's the weakest Russo's movie. Oh yeah. Out of all the films they did, I still think it's the weakest one. And it didn't and you were correct. It didn't feel like a, a Russo's movie at all. Yeah. And I was disappointed with the end fight sequence between um Evans and uh you know. But overall I thought it was an an enjoyable movie. I thought it was fine. Well, we'll be getting into this in one of our last films for this. Yeah. In terms of the difference between if they hit the badass button for you. Okay. You're fine. Badass is not enough for me. Right. Good gotcha. ass is not enough for me anymore. Great mm -hmm. ass is not enough for me. But has to make it work. And there's one movie in this group that we'll get to at the end where I think we're going to have the biggest difference of opinion. Is what okay. I if I've seen it, but okay. now, which okay. is smart ass. Smart ass. Smart ass. <laughs> okay. Okay. Smart ass. Right. Okay. So let's start. No badass, but smart ass. Yeah. Well. 
No, are we starting with Carter? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Carter. Yeah, that's a good one to start with. Carter is a Netflix film. It's by the guy who did The Villainous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe a Korean director. Yes. And I've I've watched it twice. Okay. The first time I watched it, I just sort of went. <laughs> I started watching, going, okay. I mean, he's doing the same thing he did with the villainous, which was trying to do the old one-shot thing. Right. But as you know, if anybody else has seen Carter, within the first 15 minutes, they have dumped an enormous amount of crap and death on you. They've just dumped an enormous amount of crap and death, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. I mean, by the end of the first 15 minutes, dozens upon dozens of people have been slaughtered. And they have established that Carter is, you know, unstoppable. I mean, I knew in the first, by the end of the first 15 minutes, especially the major, the first major fight scene, it's a video game movie. It is the, it is 100% a video game movie. Physiology free. They're not really, you know, they're, they're one dimensional characters. Mm -hmm. They come up with what, Ever plot they want to. It's a video game plot. It doesn't make any sense in terms of the real world. But as I, you know, at first I just sort of said, okay, I give up. I don't feel anything for anybody. Okay. But the second time I said, I've got to go back and just see what he does to keep the balls in the air. Okay. Because the director's just trying to keep you watching because it's more, what is it? It's, it's either almost two hours or more than two hours. Yeah, it it's, I think it's going. over. It just keeps going. Yeah. Every single time it gets to another plot point or another action scene, it gets more and more ludicrous. And, but it's a Netflix film. It's the it's assassination. It's collateral <laughs> damage. It's bad badass holery. Mm-hmm. As such, he does a pretty good job of keeping. You ever did you? Does anybody ever see back on the old variety shows? They would have a juggler whose job it was was to put plates on top of sticks and keep them spinning. The whole idea of the act is to keep the plates spinning. Right. Not fall off the stick. Mm-hmm. This movie is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the ending especially is kind of like, you could tell that the, the director loved what he was doing and enjoyed keeping the spinning plates on the sticks. But at the end of the movie, if it was another movie, if it was more derisive type of movie, I would think he was giving the, giving the audience the figure, uh, the finger, because at the last moment something happens where it just sort of goes, everything that just happened for the last two hours doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's just sort of like going, okay, I'm putting the plate back up. I'm putting the plate back up. Yeah. So it's it's not terrible, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it either. Right. It was. And it was like watching a two-hour version of keeping the plate in the air. And the great thing about the plate in the air act is that it's very hard to look away from it. <laughs> because you're going to sort of go, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and have a sandwich, or I'm going to go to the bathroom. Wait, wait a minute. The plate might fall. The plate might fall while yeah, I'm yeah. not looking. And if I miss the plate falling, what was the whole <laughs> point of staying here? So as yeah. such, it was cunning and interesting, but... Yeah. Not, not. It didn't affect me in any way, but it was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm on the same page with you, Rick. I gave it a C. 
uh, for average. I yeah. didn't love. I didn't love it, and I I could have I could have gave it <laughs> I could have gave it a lower rating. Yeah, but there was so much craziness happening towards the end that the movie was slowly turning into a good bad movie, yeah. <laughs> and I was getting entertainment for that. But everything kind of dipped for me uh, um, yeah. on that one. But but Carter, I, I would have to say Carter is definitely one of my best movie reviews I think I've ever done. I'm very proud of doing that one because I did a lot of research and stuff like that. But every time, Rick, I was really trying to be on the edge of my seat and and give the stuntmen props for what they were doing, the horrible cgi green screen and everything was just ruining like it was taking me it kept taking me out yeah of the movie and i'm like god damn it you know i'm trying to i'm trying to enjoy your movie <laughs> director but i that that filming style yeah I, I'm, I'm done with it i don't want to see him do another action film yeah i'm you're you're you know you can't call it a movie you're, you're tired of a guy's video game it's like watching somebody play a video game. It is, especially at the end. And you it get is. bored. You get if you're playing it, you're involved. But if you're watching it, it's kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because that's Netflix, and the next mm -hmm. movie we're doing is a Netflix, mm -hmm. and it again shows you what can happen. I like this next movie because it wasn't Carter. Right, right. It was better than Carter. Right, right. By and default, yeah. like, oh, okay, it's. Good. I feel I feel good about it. Also has a sense of humor. The next okay. one. Do you have a little poke? There we go. They should. All right. Okay. Doesn't star in it, everybody. But you know, he's in it. <laughs> and he's a pleasure. He's a pleasure, Snoop. That was and, really him doing that spinning roundhouse kick yeah. at the end of the movie. By the way, that was really him that did that. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> um, yeah, if he did a yeah. spinning back kick, it would be in slow motion. <laughs> I would, yeah. Could, in real life, he only does stuff in slow motion. All right. All right. Thoughts on Day Shift, Rick? What do you think? Again, the fighting was good. Yeah. I wanted to dislike the fighting because the plot line uh, was what it was. It was about a bunch of vampire hunters. Again, assassination. Not really assassination. They're vampire hunters. Mm -hmm. But they established immediately that knives and guns. When I started watching it, I put a review up on my Facebook, getting annoyed that they were using guns and knives. But then as I kept watching, I realized, no, they, they were actually trying to do what you're supposed to do with vampires. You know, put, you know, cut off their heads or put a stake in their hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's what they kept trying to do. And of course... Scott Atkins is in it. Yeah. Has, yeah, that's him on the left there. He has the best, that's the best scene in the movie. Oh, it is. It's it like, is, definitely. All I wanted was Arma de Honest to show up out of, uh, <laughs> out, of no, out of No Time to Die. That's the same <laughs> kind of sequence. She had the best sequence in No Time to Die. Yeah. The best sequence in this movie. Yeah. But it was a satisfying, it become, it started fairly seriously and I cared about the characters, but by the end of it, it was clear that again, our heroes were going to be fine, and so it it lost its uh, the emotional connection. Right. But it was still fun. Yeah, it was still enjoyable, especially after Carter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
So I agree. Yeah, and I can recommend that one. If, if just for the fighting alone, just fast forward, fast forward to the fight. Yeah, there you go. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And uh, every everyone's pretty much in agreement that one of the biggest pet peeves was that they, the the Narzarian brothers didn't return for the finale. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. That was a little bit of a doubt. Just like Anna to Armas in No Time to Die. Right. She to come back too. Yeah. But, nope. Uh, so hopefully they'll get their own movie and hopefully she'll get her own movie. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That, All right. They were worth a whole series of movies. Is and it time for a I, shirt? Is it time for a change? No, actually, I don't have an Amazon Prime shirt that I'm aware okay. of. We can keep on going. So, yeah, we'll keep going. Now, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say, Rick, because I'm actually going to review this uh, Wednesday night. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, you can you can, you can can talk about it and give me your thoughts, of course. Oh, I'm going to. But, <laughs> I saw the trailer, and I did a trailer reaction to it, and I was excited to see it. The, you know, the trailer the, did its job, and it made the movie look entertaining. After this came out over the weekend... People have been messaging me. The movie Dojo Army has been messaging me like, God damn it. What happened? That's that's all. Without spoiling. Thank you guys for not spoiling it for Samurai Guy. But a lot of it was what happened. So, Rick, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Um, this movie is a textbook example for all you filmmakers out there. The script Yes, the script is important. And a lot of people say, if you don't have a good script, you don't have a good movie. But a lot of other people say, and understandably so, and this movie is the textbook example of it. If you don't cast your movie well, you're dead in the water. Okay. And Stallone, Sly Stallone is Sly Stallone. And as such, you know, he's always nice for me to see. Right. And I don't like to do this. I've done this same sort of review several times before, specifically with Tomorrowland, with George Clooney, Disney, what's his name, uh, Brad Bird movie. Yeah, Michael I, Keaton. As you may know from previous action film autopsies and also this one, I'm getting very, very tired, and also for the Gray Man as well, I'm getting extremely tired of putting children in peril as the go-to thing to try to get uh, you involved in the movie. And I agree with that. In Tomorrowland, not so much in Gray Man, but certainly in this movie, and I hate doing this because I shouldn't, I'm blaming the casting director, I'm blaming the producer, I'm blaming the film, I'm not blaming the kid. The kid right. is terrible. The part is terrible. He, it's, it's just, it's a painfully annoying child. He should not be in this movie. It's just like Tomorrowland. They were trying to, they, they created a character and then they cast them as a, as a white bread, white, as a white bread Caucasian. And that's the last person who should be playing this role. It's, it's not, it's like, what is this kid doing in this movie? Why is he here? And, and, it, and it may not be his fault because basically all his dialogue is let me go. And what's the other thing he keeps saying over? No, no, 
Let me go. No, stop it. No. It's just like he kills every scene he's in. It's probably not his fault. He should not have been in this movie. And the whole thing leads up to Stallone <laughs> telling you the moral of the movie at the end of the movie. And I said, that's what this was all for? Hmm. That's your moral? That's what you build up to? And again, it's all, it's badass. It's bad assholes. Okay. No smart ass at all. No good ass, no great ass. It's okay. punching, sle sledgehammering, punching, sledgehammering. No, stop it. Let me go. <laughs> the whole movie is that. And it yeah. also goes on for, I think, almost two hours. You know, it's funny you bring this up about this actor because, uh, again, it may not be his fault, just bad casting, but uh, his character in the Umbrella Academy, we hate, we can't stand it. He's extremely annoying in Umbrella Academy. So it's kind of like, I don't, is, it the, is it the kid actor or is it just the, the bad roles? The I'm, I'm really not going to say it's his fault. No, it's most likely but the role. At the same time, uh, it was awful. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, because, you know, I, I could get through the plate spinning of Carter, but Samaritan is like, stop. Would you please, please, something happen that's good. Why, am I, why must everything? Oh, yeah. You see, again, oh, yeah, my favorite thing, because, of course, I wrote the Incredible Hulk novel, so I'm a big lover of the Incredible Hulk, and I learned the phrase, oh, he's a thrower, from <laughs> the Incredible Hulk television show. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk... And we'll be getting to She-Hulk in a bit. But the Incredible uh -huh. Hulk television show with Luke Ferrigno, uh -huh. they couldn't get too violent and too bloody on the TV show. So he wasn't a puncher. He wasn't a breaker. He wasn't a crusher. He was a thrower. Yeah. yeah. And the Samaritan is a thrower. That's all he does. Oh, yay. Throws people. And it's like, oh. you just, uh, well, and also I understand that Samaritan is self-defeating. The Samaritan, the character is self-defeating. He's self-hating. He's self-loathing. He's self-destructive. So yeah. it makes sense that he would be a thrower because he doesn't want to effectively stop a fight. We'll get more into this in an upcoming film. He okay. wants to be an asshole. But I don't want to hang – both of them, by the way. You know, The twist in the movie is pretty good, but then they, oh. they don't pay off on the twist at all. I went, oh, that's interesting. Are you going to do something with it? No, of course you're not. Oh, that's I'm not going to do anything with it. You could have. You could have done something awesome with it. Yeah. Especially if the twist had happened halfway through. No, yeah. it's, it's just, it's the example of what happens when a bunch of people who want to make a superhero movie have no idea what makes a good superhero. None at all. All right. It was painful. I, I'm excited to watch this now. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad I can do this for you because you know, if you watch this without my prep, yeah, you would have been hurt. Yeah, brought, yeah, I still might be hurt. You never know. No, you, uh, you can handle it, buddy. All right, all right. Uh, is it time to change? Yep, putting on a new shirt. All right, putting on a new shirt. We're going back to the seventies. 1974. And, and I, I've heard you uh, briefly mention this movie several times in the past, Rick. But believe it or not, I'm aware of it. I've yeah. never actually seen it. So now that I have the Haya app service, yep. I can't wait to watch this movie remastered. Let's see what you what do you what do you wearing there? What do you got? I'm wearing my Wong Fei Hong shirt. Nice. 
it's young master classic it was because of the movie we're about to talk about that yun Wu ping and jackie chan made this movie the drunken master it was nice. because of the skyhawk that they made drunken master one of the reasons the skyhawk is a fascinating basically it's a gravestone for an era of Chinese cinema or Hong Kong cinemas, Hong Kong specifically. This was this was made almost during or immediately after the death of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee had revolutionized the Hong Kong action film and the Kung Fu film. Then he died. And the the audience was bereft. The the Hong Kong audience did not want to see another Kung Fu film ever again with Bruce Lee gone. So Golden Harvest brought Quan Ta King, the guy who starred in you know, like 80, at that time, 80 Wong Fei Hong movies, starting from the very beginning of Hong Kong action cinema back in the 50s and 40s. That's insane. They brought him back. Wow. They got Sammo to you know be the choreographer. But this was right after, this was also after Bruce alienated Sammo. Did I ever tell you the story that Sammo told? Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. That and was, a, that was audience, a trip. I'll do a, a quick one to the audience. Sure. Bruce brought Sammo back to fight him in the opening sequence of Enter the Dragon. And Sammo came back from Thailand, where he may have been starting pre-production on this movie. Who knows? And... Uh, and did the opening fight scene. Then Bruce brought Sammo back to the airport to go back to the film set in Thailand and handed him basically 25 bucks. And Sammo was so pissed off by that. I mean, I mean, if you're going to, he, he said, I'm doing, I did this as a favor for yeah. you, my friend. And you, and then he gives him, I mean, if you gave him 25 bucks, that's incredible. That was bad. Right. So Sam was, was still pissed at Bruce during this era. And so they make this movie and they could have made Drunken Master. They could have, not really, because this was 1974 when this came out. So this was just before um, La Kaliyong and Chang Che brought the audiences back to Kung Fu films with the Venoms and with 36 Chamber, this was, that was 1975 or 76. This movie is a headstone for that era. It could have been great, it is great in a way, but it shows the problem, it, it showed why they stopped doing Wong Fei Hong films at that time, because the way Quan Ta King played him, he just kept turning the other cheek, turning the other cheek, turning the other cheek, but this is a, this movie was directed by the guy who directed Five Fingers of Death, King Boxer. Okay. The movie was <clears throat> known as King Boxer. Yeah. Here known as Five Fingers of Death. So it has that Japanese, and it also all of this guy's movies were all movies about human corruption and evil and a hero who suffers horribly before he finally takes revenge. But this is Wong Fei Hong. So he can't suffer horribly. So everyone else in the movie suffers horribly. Every other innocent person in the entire movie suffers horribly. 
And because Wang Fei Hong keeps on going, no, we must turn the other cheek. We must, you know, be nice. We must be kind. He looks like a total weak sister. Oh, wow. Like a total a-hole. Wow. And okay. by the end of the movie, the end of the movie is stunning. Finally, after all his friends are killed, and these guys are shown to be, and, and Wong Fei Hong should know it, they're drug pushers, they're, they're white slavers, they're, uh, they're murderers, they're uh, gambling, they have all the vice in the town. And Wong Fei Hong keeps going, no, I won't fight back, I won't fight back. And Carter Wong's in the movie going, it's making you look weak. He says this Guan talking, and Guan talking again stays strong. But unfortunately, by staying strong, he looks totally weak. Wow. He finally fights back at the end when he has evidence, when he has evidence of all their corruption. But by then, it's too little, way too little, way too late. Wow. Ammo's dead. Everybody but Carter Wang and, and Nora Mile, everybody but them are dead. The wow. End of the movie is astonishing. In that. <laughs> wow. At the end of the movie, everybody except Carter Wong, Wong Fei Hong, and Nora Ma Mi Mao, yeah. are they're the only ones left alive, those three. And they're going to they're walking to the edge of town. And he and again, too little too late. Wong Fei Hong turns to the girl and says, Well, I'm sorry your your father was murdered. He doesn't say probably because of my inactivity, my unwillingness to fight and you know stop it um but i'll be your father now and Nora Mao sort of goes no thanks oh really i'll stay here i'll be i mean she does it really cool yeah yeah, yeah. i'll stay here to be near my father's grave okay and then wong fei hong walks away and she's just standing there looking at him and carter wong's next and carter Wong wants to hang out with nora but you know and he has to hang with Wong Fei Hong. And Wong Fei Hong, at the very, well, he's in the distance. He's in the distance. He turns around and he waves at Nora. And her, Nora's back is to us, the audience. And he's looking at, and <laughs> Wong Fei Hong sort of gives the look like, you know, oh, you know, sir, ah, he's, he's not admitting any fault or anything. I, I could be your father, but okay, you choose not to be. And she just, you see her arm come up and you can tell. That you know she's dead on arrival, and she just did said, she do that like close like that. <laughs> she did a waving version of it, and then okay. holds on it, and she turns around and walks toward the camera and us, and you can see she's like that miserable fucker. <laughs> and at that moment, it was over for Wong Fei Hong. Wow, no doubt, and that's why. Uh, uh, four years later, no, five years later. Let's see, nineteen seventy-four to Wait, that's how the movie ended. That's how the movie ended. <laughs> oh god! Oh, wow. That Wong Fei Hong is dead. Long live Wong Fei Hong. So Yun Wu Ping and Jackie Chan, you know, said, "What are we going to do to follow up Snake and the Eagle Shadow?" Well, let's bring back Wong Fei Hong, but let's bring him back right. Let's bring yeah. him back as a guy who is not going to let this crap go down. So that's why I'm wearing my long uh, nice. shirt, my Jackie Chan one. But again, the movie is fascinating. It's wow. beautifully done. It's filmed in Thailand. Um, it's You can tell it's by the guy who did Five Fingers of Death. It has that feel. But man, Wong Fei, 
I understand now why China is kind of denigrating the Wong Fei Hong character in their movies with Vincent Zhao. But again, great to watch. It's a wonderful moment. Uh, it was a bad moment, but a wonderful moment of Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong history. Wow. Wow. So now. That's fascinating. I'm still, I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I watch Everybody should watch it. It's worthwhile and it's short. Yeah. It's less than 90 minutes long. Oh, my goodness. You, and it has Wong, it has a, a Wong, Wong in sick in it as the kicker. It's oh, nice. But Wong Fei Hong looks like an asshole. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that where Wong Fei Hong looks like a punk. Oh, he just told us. <laughs> Wow. The last, two, the last two that last three that mainland China made with Vincent Zhao was Wang Fei Hong. Yeah, they look like a jerk too. Oh, great! I think I, own, I think I own those movies on Blu-ray. I just haven't watched them yet. Oh, no, no, you mean the Blu-rays of four and five? <clears throat> time no, China? no, no, like the other the other ones. Oh, the other like ones, Vincent, Vincent, yeah, Europe, whatever it's called. Yeah, four and I five. I like Vincent. Yeah, but that was Troy Hart before. Right. So now. You might wonder what I'm going to wear for our next title. All right. I have many, many, many dragon shirts. <laughs> yes. But I chose not to wear any of okay. my dragon shirts. Okay. I'm going to wear the thing that makes this next thing we're going to talk about so special and so good. Oh, wow. And that I enjoyed so much. Okay. Oh, I have to put this on over my head. This I'm about to put on. Something from 1985. Oh, I still have this. All right. Let me see if I can put. Where's, oh, that's the front. Okay, here we go. Well, tell tell the audience. Not yet. Don't show me. Okay, not yet. Tell the audience what we're going to be reviewing now. It's the show that everyone's that's been watching this channel for a long time knows that Samurai guys. Samurai guys been waiting for this all year. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Yes. Which so, I've actually heard good things. Well, you're about to hear more good things. Okay. And that's why I'm wearing this. That's why I'm wearing this jacket. Let's see it. This jacket is my crew jacket. I was on I was on staff for I think nine months. Again, I'll have to turn around. You'll have to look at the back. Can you see it? Can you see it? Yeah, Twilight Zone representing. There you go. This is my crew jacket for the 1985 CBS reboot of the Twilight Zone. Oh. And the reason that I'm wearing this in, instead of dragon shirts or sweaters is that the another person who was on the crew who I worked alongside, not alongside, I was in a completely different office. He was in the writer's room was George Double R. Martin. Oh. That was the first time I met George. Okay. So we worked, I worked, he worked as a writer, I worked as a consultant. And uh, and the what makes House of the Dragon superior to the last season of Game of Thrones okay. is specifically George Double R. Martin. You'll notice on the credits, everybody who likes it, how many times George's name comes up? He's an executive producer. He's, you know, there's, he, he is controlling this. And, okay, really? Okay. And the reason that Game of Thrones failed is they ran out of his writing. And they started coming up with their own 
plot lines, and of course, those just were awful. Right. This has got George's hand in every moment. And hmm. George is a great writer, a great guy, smart guy, great storyteller. And as such, you know, I watched the first season and the last episode of Game of Thrones. And I watched the first episode of this, and I sort of went, well, it's a lot like the first episode of Game of Thrones, but there was something more. It just was done so well. It, was, it, it moved along. It had, it had an understanding of what it was doing. And then I saw the credits, and I saw George's name, and I went, yeah, I'm going to keep watching this. And I watched uh, the second episode yesterday. Okay. And I was like, and also, where else can I see Doctor Who naked and having sex? <laughs> Naked and having butt sex. Doctor Who having butt sex. <laughs> so it's like this is it. It works great. I'm very very pleased with this show, and I'm I was excited that I'm finally seeing a show that knows what it's doing. Yes. Yes. And okay. That even though I could predict what was going to happen, it still happened so effectively. You know, it's the anti-Samaritan. Uh huh. And everybody's beautifully cast. Yeah. And okay. So yeah, I, I strongly recommend it. I'm really I'm not gonna be able to, I mean the action in the first episode was good, but it was Game of Thrones action. You know, it's not the dragon action, it, it was the fighting action on the on the on the field. But okay. next episode is a war sequence. So I'm gonna be very interested to see because All right. if you remember from the last season of Game of Thrones. It was unintelligible. You couldn't tell right. what was going on in the sixth yeah. of Game of Thrones. So I'm I'm really looking forward to next week's episode, and we'll talk right. about it in the September action film marathon. All right, keep me in the loop, Rick. Keep me in the loop for sure. Right. You and you watch it now next year. <laughs> oh. I've been right. for you know decades. League of Super Pets. Yep. Now, last time, last time we kind of we didn't see it last time. Well, I didn't see it either yeah. since. But uh, you, we kind of briefly were just talking about the trailer and yeah. how we thought it was kind of generic and whatnot. Well, um, what yeah. was your thoughts on it now? Well, I have to get the new shirt on. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> get my hair in gear. Oh, my hair is all messy now. <laughs> my beard, my beard. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. Hold on. Here's the new shirt. Well, I'll blow me up for a second then. Yeah, blow, blow you up. All right. That's all right. So, so uh, everybody watching right now, keep Samurai Guy in the loop about House of the Dragon. That's right. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna take a lot to bring me back to Game of Thrones. No, baby. So I'm to... I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm no, going no, to no, wait no. till the season's over and and see what people say. All right. If you got time, you got all right. All right, I'm here we go. DC shirt. Bam. DC representing both, DC baby. Shirt. DC shirt. Representing yeah. both. That's right. Marvel and DC. That's right. We like both here on the channel. That's right, baby. That's right. Actually, I should get a shirt that has both of them on it, but I don't have that yet. In any case, we are now entering into the dog days of animated movies in that they're dumping Paws of Fury and DC League of Super Pets. And yeah. Uh, the next movie we're going to do. Um, this movie and the next movie we're going to do are both movies that shouldn't not have existed. 
There was no reason for them to exist. They're just kind of like saying, all right, both of these movies showed a lack of care. A lack, I mean, we've been noticing this about DC lately, all the DC stuff except for the TV stuff. Um, and also what um, HBO Max Discovery or whatever the HBO Discovery is doing to them. And now some of the movies are pushed back again now. Of it's course insane. they're pushed back again. I mean, the, Warners has been sabotaging DC for decades and decades. I mean, the original Batman, the original Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve and Tim Burton's uh, Mike, Michael Keaton, those were yeah. good. But then the Purdue, but in both cases, remember, uh, Warner Brothers wasn't controlling Superman at that time. It was the Salkinds who were produ- who did this, and Richard Donner. And Richard Donner made sure it worked. But once uh, Warner Brothers got DC back, they just started screwing with it. They just started knifing it in the back. And they're doing it again. And, and I'm not surprised because they've been doing it all along. So yeah. DC Super Pets is said, what can we do that we can just waste some money? And again, it's showing their lack of consideration for their characters and their audience. This is more good enough for garbage. And the mm. fact Wayne the Rock and, you know, uh, uh, not Chris Rock, I'm sorry. I'm Kevin Hart. Thank you. Kevin Hart are yeah. in it. It's like, that's that's probably how, you know, that's probably a bone, a literal. <laughs> He's playing Crypto the Super Dog. So they, they threw him this movie as a bone when he agreed to do Black Adam. So it's kind of like, oh. It's that was a, the deal. It's not terrible. Okay. But it's irrelevant. It's like, it is literally a time filler. Your mileage may vary. It's either a time waster or a time filler. There are cute things. The voices are fine. But again, somebody else said this recently, um, that they're getting tired of knowing who the voices are because it takes them out of the movie. It's not crypto. It's The Rock. I can kind of see that a little bit. You know, yeah. It's kind of like, so, yeah, it's, it, again, I'd give that a C. Um, and, and even look at the animation style. It's kind of like they're not trying hard. Right. They're just sort of filling filling space. And as such, it annoyed me. Now, but it didn't annoy me as much as the next one. Oh, wow. This one, you get to watch Kung Fu Santa, Uncle Rick, Mia Culpa, his ass off. Oh, man. <laughs> you remember... Last episode, mm-hmm. I said, this is Pixar. It'll yeah. be fine. This movie is one of the biggest characters. It's the biggest character assassination I've seen in a film since the Bruce Lee sequence in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. made this movie hate Buzz Lightyear. They hate wow. This, by the way, was a, was a very, I, this was a shirt I, that I was very happy to have. This is my Buzz Lightyear shirt. All these little blue guys are Buzz Lightyear. All the little green guys are those three-eyed aliens from the Toy Stories movie. This is my Buzz Lightyear shirt. Nice. And so I loved it until this movie. <laughs> this this is so wrong. This this is a movie that they killed. First of all, it did need to exist. Of course, it did not need to exist. But they could have had a lot of fun with it. 
it starts by saying that this is not a movie about the real Buzz Lightyear. This was a movie made for kids and families that Andy, the character who had all the toys from the Toy Story movie, saw right. that thrilled him about Buzz Lightyear. So this is the movie he saw that maybe that made him go out and get the Buzz Lightyear toy. So I said, okay, they put that little card up before the movie starts telling you this. And I'm saying, oh, great. Then we're about to see a kick-ass, super enjoyable space opera movie with the awesome, you know, and you'll see where the toy of Buzz Lightyear came from based on this movie character, just like all the toys of Luke Skywalker came from and Han Solo came from. And then they trot out one of the most unexciting, uninvolving, stupid, sad plot lines ever. I mean, it's a dull movie concept. It's, and also Buzz Lightyear is unlikable. Really? He, yeah, he's basically, he's, the word for this movie and for Buzz Lightyear is stolid. He's stupid. He doesn't learn anything. It's, and everybody around him is, not everybody, his team are also stupid. They're also selfish. They also have no concept that they're actual characters in a real world. They're movie characters who know they won't get hurt or killed. And that's the way they respond to everything. There's hmm. no urgency at all. And I'm guessing that they got Chris Evans to do the voice and didn't let, you know, tool time, Tim Allen do it because I'm assuming that they didn't like Tim Allen's politics. Hmm. And Tim Allen, from what I've heard, you know, is a, you know, a MAGA guy, whatever. Hmm. So that's why I guess they decided to change it. Well, maybe in a good way, it was probably good he didn't voice this because it was kind of it'd be a waste, wouldn't it? They should have been they should have been smart enough to know that he would have been professional. Mm. He would have done his job, which he did very well in the Toy Story movie. And he was hurt by this, by them recasting. And Chris Evans, if Chris Evans had been lively, if he had honored uh, Tim Allen in his performance, but no. This is a terrible, awful, dead-on-arrival, mean-spirited character assassination of a movie that also gives me the middle finger as an audience member of somebody who likes Buzz Lightyear. I mean, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by how bad this movie is. Wow. And that does that. And, the, and if you think I'm wrong, the main twist, get ready for the twist, everybody. Okay. They tell you who Zerg is. Zerg, you know, the villain who yeah. Buzz Lightyear's villain. Yeah, the guy in the back there with the mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you guess who Zerg is? No. Who's Zerg? It's Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> what? The movie hinges on time streams because the whole plot of the movie is not a big space adventure. 
it's because of a stupid mistake Buzz Lightyear makes, his crew from his spaceship are marooned on a planet. Yeah. Trying to go through a timeline to get them back to Earth so they could leave this planet. And he keeps failing. He keeps failing over and over and over and over again. And so the big twist at the end is that one of the Buzz Lightyears from one of those failures becomes Zerg and gets a whole bunch of robots to help him accomplish what Buzz Lightyear wants to do because he's also Buzz Lightyear. So at the, yeah, there you go. At, <laughs> but no, see, the problem here is he doesn't, he's not evil. He's not an evil Buzz Lightyear. He's just an right. Buzz Lightyear who's been trying to do it for 50 years longer than the Buzz Lightyear that they're concentrating on. But Buzz, and, and he says, I've got it figured out. We can do it. Let's go. And Buzz Lightyear goes, well, I don't want to leave my stupid crew behind. And he goes, well, we're going to be leaving that timeline. Well, are they going to be destroyed? I don't know. Well, I don't want to do it then. What? Wow. I don't, I don't want to do it. Not only do I don't want to do it, but I will kill you if you try to do it. And that's what happens at the climax of this film. He kills himself. Oh, God. Uh, are you <laughs> telling me that these filmmakers don't hate Buzz Lightyear? They have him kill himself. They have yeah. Buzz Lightyear kill Buzz Lightyear. And then, and then at the end, they ruin Toy Story because if Andy knows that Zerg is also Buzz Lightyear, he knows that when he plays with Buzz Lightyear fighting Zerg, he's repeating Buzz Lightyear killing Buzz Lightyear and defeating Buzz Lightyear. That's, That's true. And also the way Woody and the toy Buzz Lightyear act in the Toy Story movies don't take that into account either. At no point does Buzz Lightyear go, oh, yeah, that's me as an older guy. So, no, let's not fight him. But, no, he's wow. pretending that he's a villain from outer space. And it's like, and again, he wasn't a villain. He was a guy who wanted to accomplish the mission. I mean, it's just like. By any means necessary, yeah, the character. This, that's basically what he is. This was wow. a of the worst. Oh, my gosh. I, I've lost so much respect for Pixar to allow them to do this. I don't yeah. care how much you hate Tim Allen. If you do, but it, apparently on this movie, it makes it fairly clear to me you do. Yeah. Act act responsibly. Be the better person. Don't, yeah. don't drag us down with you, your audience and your fans. I'm, oh, this, ooh, let me get this wow. show off now. <laughs> I'm stunned, Rick. Me I'm sure. actually kind of stunned... Uh... Yeah, I'll do my explanation. No, <laughs> is he watching the movie? Yeah. Uh, I stopped at after Toy Story three. I thought that was the perfect way to. Record. I liked Toy Story four. I understood Toy Story four, and it was a sweet yeah. movie. And it had I heard it was. I heard it was fun. Huh? I heard Toy Story four was fun. It was. Good. I just never got around to watching it. So yeah. After wow. if, you, if you if you don't want to do um if you don't want to do uh House of the Dragon watch. Uh, Watch Toy Story 4. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. 
although it may not be, I'll have we'll have to see what we do on the, our second, uh, third to the last movie. We'll have to see how much we disagree on that before I'll tell you. But <laughs> Toy Story Four is is woke, and I'm happy with woke is woke if woke is done well. Right. Well, well, the, well. That's what that's the thing is that uh, apparently there's a good woke and a bad woke. Well, I, when you're that's what some people say. Well, it's just like this movie. In other words, there's a there's a good um, there's a good superhero movie if you love your characters and you love your audience. There's a bad superhero movie if you don't love your characters and don't love your audience. And that's the same thing with woke. If you're just doing woke to cater to kowtow. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you that. You know, if, if you're Harvey Weinstein doing woke, yeah, that's <laughs> bad. Right, right. What do you got there? I got my Marvel, oh, all right. Marvel shirts. All right. And a lot of the guys on this shirt are in, are going to be in the next thing we're talking about. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, jump right into this. Yep. I still haven't seen it, Rick, so it's all you. <laughs> uh, what do you think? A She-Hulk. It's delightful. You know, earlier today that you sent me a link to a diatribe about how Marvel is screwing up the fourth phase, uh -huh. how it's toxic. Right, right, right. Like She-Hulk. And I, I, I would include Hawkeye. I mean, I enjoy everything Marvel's doing. Uh, I don't enjoy it as much as some other things that Marvel's doing. I didn't right. like Eternals as much as I liked Endgame. But again, having right. seen Eternals again, having seen everything that other people think is mediocre. What's the mm -hmm. television? Wasn't there a recent uh, series that was? Oh, yeah. I didn't like Moon Knight at all. Yeah, we both good. we both were like, oof. Yeah, it, it still, <laughs> For I'm different not, reasons, we hated it. it. But I forgave yeah. it. I mean, it was still honorable as a I, uh, Isaac um, um, showcase. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. Showcase. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good actor. Yeah. But but again, I I have more I have faith in 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 Kevin Feige I trust. Okay. And I'm not going to prejudge him. And also since I mean I was there when Marvel was started. I've worked for Marvel. I've worked with Stan Lee. I am not going to screw them over. And of course, just like everything else, when you're a fan of something, whatever Marvel does, I'm gonna watch it. Whatever, whatever Filoni and, uh, and uh, Favreau do, do with Star Wars, I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. And so far, she, yeah, exactly. Very good, Bobo. Decent, decent laps, fun action, She-Hulk. And it's also wonderful to watch the other YouTube shows like Screen Crush and New Rock Stars talk about each episode because they're going crazy now because She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall. Like you know, Deadpool does, and there's right. this is going to connect to everything. Nothing's an accident. That's another thing I love about Marvel. Nothing's an accident. Like it or not, they're doing it on purpose. They know what they're doing. I have seen the face of Feige. He knows what he's doing. So in the in the you're saying in the long run, everything will. It's all going to come full circle. Of course, they could. You know, they're human, so they could do a light year on me. But right. again, She Hulk has a lot of heart. A well, lot they did do a light year on you already, Rick. It's called Thor: Love and Blunder. <laughs> I, haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet. What? You and haven't I, seen it yet? I haven't gone to the theater. I'm going to see it when it comes on Disney Plus Day. 
Okay, okay, I won't say Also, I'm prepared for it. I already know okay. three movies in one. Okay, okay. I also know that they're just having their, they're just, they're just, they're letting Tycho do their thing. That's another thing, that it's kind of like he wants to keep Tycho, so he goes, here, do this, do whatever you want. Right. Yeah, he did. So. And Sam Raimi, do whatever you want. Because <laughs> we've got other fish to fry. And She-Hulk is one of them. Uh, also, I really, really liked um, Ms. Marvel as well. That's they right. Had, yeah, we, we you discussed that here on the show on the past. Yeah, they had so. heart. They have heart. They have. Okay. They have um, imagination. They have inventiveness, and Mark Ruffalo, and and her. I mean, it's just like it's just wonderful to watch. She's great. Okay. It's just it, the sex is going to be great. <laughs> They're already sort of hinting. I mean. Every single one of these things, it's refreshing, especially in comparison to everything else. So, yeah, She-Hulk is worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, come on. You look at the energy in that. I love, I love Mexico. <laughs> it's like they're, they're very smart. They're very fun. They're very cute. They're very watchable. And also, all of her episodes are 30 minutes long. They're not padded. And, they're, and they're, there's fun stuff. They're all having fun. Well, is it still is it still going to be six episodes? Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I heard I, maybe it might be my thinking of them is nine. I think the Star Wars stuff is nine. Well, you can look at it. Okay. Okay. And so you, so thumbs up so far. You like oh, the show? Absolutely. We'll tell we'll tell you in the September action film autopsy how it how it turns out. Okay. Okay. Now. You guys change it again? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I have. I don't have any Native American clothing. I have one jacket, but I didn't bring the jacket down. It's too hot for me to bring the jacket. So let's do it. Yeah, let's keep going. I think we're going to be. I think there's going to be a throwdown here. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be a throwdown because I have moved on, Rick. I yeah, have moved on because because our review flipped everybody out. Everybody freaked the fuck out. I wasn't. I didn't <laughs> out, so I, I am. I have said my piece on this next movie. And I am moving on. My piece. But, but, yes, I want, you know, I would love to hear uh, what Rick thought about it, even if we agree to disagree. All right, here we go. It's a, you know, again, pray, here we go. I did not freak out, but this is my reaction to your review of this movie, which was this. This is my reaction. Watch my face. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That's how, that's because you're, because you're a, because you're a responsible, Human being, Rick. Because yeah, <laughs> that's how you. I react. That's how I react to other these people are, these that are didn't all... like the movie I like. I go, oh, well, that's a shame. And then I move on to get some lunch. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Well, be careful what you have for lunch. But in any case. <laughs> go ahead. This movie was the movie I was waiting for. Okay. This is the movie, very clear. I point over there, folks, badass. Over here, smartass. <laughs> This is. The I think movie. that wraps. I think that 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 sums us up perfectly. Actually, right. <laughs> this is the movie that separates the badass from the smartass. Okay. This this hero is not. She wants to be a badass as the movie starts. Mm-hmm. Then she learns, thanks to her mom, who says, yeah. "Not about proving yourself. It's about survival." And the moment she stops trying to prove herself. 
and starts thinking about surviving, she also uses, and like unlike her brothers and all the badasses around her, she doesn't use the weaker muscles in her body. She uses the strongest muscle in her body. That's the one in here. She uses her brain. She learns things. She says, I'm not going to, I mean, that poster that you showed her, you know, and they have another poster of her jumping off the cliff with a tomahawk at, at the predator. And it's like, of course, that's not going to work. And she knows, she's smart enough to know in the movie, no, that's not. I'm going to have to be smarter than this guy. And she is. She learns, she watches, she learns, she uses, and she, she does the highest form of Kung Fu, just like Po does in, Kung, in the original Kung Fu Panda. You take the villain's aggression and you turn it back on them without using your own. She literally does that at the end of the movie. This is the best Kung Fu movie I've seen all year. <laughs> she takes his weakness, mm -hmm. use his stupidity, uses her smartness, uses it against him, and he kills himself. Unlike Buzz Lightyear killing Buzz Lightyear, she lets the predator kill himself. Mm -hmm. That's what you do as a great Kung Fu person. And as a Kung Fu person, if someone insists on hurting themselves by trying to hurt you, which is exactly what was happening here, mm -hmm. as a Kung Fu student, you'll help. You'll help. That's exactly what she does. And I'm watching this movie now. Uh, and also the, the photography is awesome. The, the uh, scenery is awesome. The fact that they're doing a Native American movie, uh, you know, because even as a kid, when I would see these Westerns as, and they were slaughtering all these uh, Native Americans, I'm going, I like the Native Americans. Why are you doing that? There are, there are Native Americans. They helped us at Thanksgiving. So I love this movie. I absolutely adore this movie. Again, I know you would. I know you would love it. Best <laughs> movie of the show and of the year. Best. All right. Movie. Wow. There you go. Number one. Praise. Number one movie of the year for Rick. Kung there Fu. There you go. Kung Fu. Kung Fu movie of the year. There you go. Uh, I will admit, and I've said this during the review, that this sequence is probably one of the greatest uh, action-killing throwdown sequences in the Predator franchise. That was bad. It just... It just it just wasn't enough for me to give it a higher score, but you guys already know my what I, what I, I think about the movie. And all of you that are new that are watching right now, if you don't know what Samurai guy thought about it, you can check out my review because I'm done talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> because me and Lady Fat Blood are the twenty percent of the entire world's eighty percent that had issues with the movie, so we're going to keep moving on. 2%. Rick, you are on the winning side. Enjoy your win. It's not a matter of winning. Again, it's not about win or lose. It's about learn or not just learn. Kidding. I'm just about, having fun. You know, I'm always going to call you on it. <laughs> I'm not badass. I'm smart. I'm not badass martial yeah. arts. I'm smart ass kung fu. Yeah, yeah. All so right. There we go. All Speaking right. Rick loves prey. Badass martial arts. Mm. Next. You know, it's funny. There's been a lot of movies this year. And I forgot to mention this in my Carter review that Samurai Guy should absolutely love and adore. And it's just been failing me. Carter had every, I forgot to mention this in my Carter review, it had everything Samurai Guy likes. 
martial arts, gore, uh, big body count, car chases, and, uh, and zombies, everything. And I just hated the way all the action was filmed. It ruined it for me. Yep. <clears throat> and Prey, you guys already know my issues with Prey. But Bullet Train was also another one of them. Now, I I totally understand why people like the film. You know, I've had people let me know, you know, they, they broke it down for me. And I'm glad they enjoyed themselves. I think it's fucking cool. Because people in the theater were having a lot of fun with it. And I like parts of this movie. I enjoyed parts of it. Uh, but I'm I, my expectations were a little bit too high, especially since David Litch is, uh, you know, directing this. I kind of was was like every single fight scene up until the finale was fine, but that was it. <laughs> like I was like, that's that's fine, you know. I was just kind of disappointed, and I, I was waiting for a, them to pull the trigger and just just go insane for the finale and the finale was the best part of the movie but it was just i thought it was kind of a waste uh especially when you have you know these three guys in here and i know rick you know you're not a big of a, a fan of warrior as i am but i still thought andrew koji was wasted i'm getting very concerned about his american movies uh before this was snake eyes and, then, and you know the, i mean he I mean, in his benefit he's he's in a big budget film with the John Wick director, and he's with a whole bunch of big Hollywood movie stars. So this movie may push him to something cooler. I just, you know, when you when you focus 30 minutes on Bad Bunny and you give Bad Bunny a longer action sequence than Andrew fucking Koji, you kind of lose points. Oh, yeah. And and Koji and Henry Sonata were in a different movie in this film. <laughs> they're, in a, they're in a more interesting movie. But yeah, go ahead. The... Um... You can tell from the box office. Oh, it didn't do well. No. Oh. And it was the same. It was the same thing with everything we've been talking about. All the box office has, has been soft. People oh. are getting. You know, you heard the old more Aesop's fable: killing the goose that lays the golden egg. Yeah. It's kind of like, and also other cliches going back to the well too too often, beating a dead horse, mm. all sorts of cliches well they're cliches for a reason because they're true and it's kind of like i mean i've already i was already done with as you know with john wick the latest john wick he falls off a 10-story building bounces off of a steel fire escape hits face first on concrete and he lives and it's like <sighs> tired i mean how many times can you do that and so bullet train again all these video game, people don't care. Everybody acts like they're in a movie, that they're movie characters, they're not real people. Uh, it's like, and also, I, I'm a big fan of Sonny Chiba's Bullet Train movie. I still that need to see that. Awesome movie. I mean, that makes a great bookend to this. If you guys can go look on YouTube or wherever, just look up the Bullet Train with Sonny Chiba. That's a hyper-realistic disaster movie set on a bullet train, on Japanese bullet train. Did that? Do you know if that inspired Speed? Because that's a very similar plot. I'm sure. I'm not sure it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's okay. Did. Okay. But it's. But you know that's a great counter edge because one is totally serious, one where lives are at stake and the hero yeah. can be hurt, and the other one is just like laddie daddy 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 dad. We're doing it because it's fun and they gave us money and all these guys want to have fun and we can just kind of hang around in Japan, yay. <laughs> So, and also it's not terrible. No. It's no. just kind of like, I am done with it. 
but it's of course, and it's not as bad as everything we've been talking. There's not a lot of collateral. There's not an enormous amount of collateral damage. Mm-hmm. There's slaughters of everybody within eyeshot, but yeah. it's still not great. And the box yeah. office. One thing I learned when I started writing books about movies is that the box office, the audience is rarely wrong. I always go to movies. When I was a kid, I always went to movies that made over a hundred million dollars because I knew there was a reason for it. <clears throat> right and now. When a movie doesn't do well, there's also a reason for it. The audience, the audience doesn't need movies anymore. They can stay home like I do and do whatever they want. Yeah, see stuff. Yeah. Which brings us to our last movie. Yeah. So so far for the episode. The, mo- the movies that we talked about tonight that uh, everyone's completely utterly stunned that Samurai Guy had issues with. It was Carter. It was prey. They couldn't believe it. They lost their shit. Yeah. It's just an opinion, guys. It's just an opinion. Relax. Um, and bullet train. And there may have been more, actually. I think I did four there. There may have been more. But you all know that you've been watching the channel for a while, that I absolutely loved uh, this film. This really, really surprised me. Well, again, I maintain because it has the human touch. You know, they're, everything they're doing, they're doing real. I mean, they didn't do the upside-down planes real. But in order to film the upside-down planes, they still had to get natural planes and fly. Right. Then right. they just optically put it that way. Yeah. But other than that, this movie is real. Yes. They're real human beings do real things. They could get hurt. They could be throwing up in the cockpit. I bet. I mean, I'd love to see the making of this, and they they have a they have a sizzle reel of every time one of the actors threw up. Oh wow! And also, they treated all the characters with respect. I mean that the scene the scene with Val Kilmer, yes, choked me up. Yep. Yeah. And it was like, and there's so much love characters have for themselves and each other. And there's so much real stuff going on. It's not computer. And it's just, even with movies, even though they're taking film of them, it comes through the film somehow. I mean, it happens if you ever go to the theater and there's a direct connection. The energy is a direct connection between you and the audience. But even in a movie, there's still an energy. There's still yes. an energy that comes off that screen. It's, yes. it's the way, no matter how good an actor you are, if they put you on a green screen, I mean, just compare the way the Mandalorian flies his spaceship to the way Tom Cruise was flying the ships, and the planes in this, the jets. Mm-hmm. No matter how good an actor you are, if you're not feeling it, you can't communicate the feeling. Right. And this movie, I mean, I loved this movie up until the mission was over. Once the Star Wars mission was over, the rest of it I was going, okay. I know why you did the rest of it. Mm. It wasn't as strong and as powerful. It got a little, it got a little um, vaudeville. It got a little vaudeville, vaudevillian at the end. Okay. You know, where stuff started happening, which was like, and now we're going to sneak, sneak onto the airplane and steal the game. And it's like, and now, now the guy everybody hates throughout the whole movie is going to come save our asses. And I'm going, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't as good as the rest of it. <laughs> it was still really, really good. And it's still the best. Prey is still the best Kung Fu movie. 
uh, Top Gun is the best uh, human movie. And they even mm. have John Hamm well. I yeah. Mean, make him a total a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was still respect for him. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, those are the movies I would recommend. Let's see, of everything we were talking. You should I think we that. covered it all, I think. Yeah, that's, that's it for us this episode. You know, I want it to be even shorter, but, you know, I got so pissed off of lightning. <laughs> I might snip that out and let that be its own video on, I on the channel. I have to share it. Let me see. I wrote some stuff down. Let me see. I, I mentioned yeah. the assassination land of the collateral damage of bad assholes. Oh, yeah. I did the, uh, she uses the big of muscles. Yeah. Stops trying to win. Start. Yeah. I included everything I wanted to say. I'm done. Any questions, anybody? Oh, uh, John uh, says, hey, Kung Fu Center, are you looking forward to the retaliators on September 14th? Uh, yeah. <laughs> John, that's more of a fat samurai guy horror flick. That's not really a Rick Myers oh, yeah, horror flick. <laughs> you know what I'm really interested in? My, uh, my buddy, Grady Hendrix, his new movie is coming up onto, I believe, Netflix. or might be Amazon Prime. My Best Friend's Exorcism. Directed, uh, you know, he wrote the book. Okay. He's, if you haven't read any of Brady Hendrix's horror books, they're awesome. Uh, th that's my speed. And, okay. and I couldn't believe it when the director for the movie version of My Best Friend's Exorcism is the same guy who directed Freaky and Happy Death Day to you. And Happy Death Day, he's my favorite outside of, you know, uh, no, he's no, he's clearly even above Jordan Peele. He's my favorite horror director, modern horror director. When is that coming out? Uh, I love the Conjuring movies, and I loved everything that you know this director did. Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to you, Freaky, and now I'm so excited about uh, my best friend's Exorcism. I think I saw a trailer, but I didn't watch it yet. So is, no, is that coming out, out this year? It's not. Yeah, it's out next month. Oh, all right, all right. So we'll you, look into you it. Watch Retaliators. I'll watch the best friend's Exorcism. <laughs> that we'll sums us up perfectly. Well, this was a blast. As always, it's always fun hanging out with Kung Fu Set himself. And, and, and that's what real people, that's right, with different opinions, you know, real, real buds. That's right. We can agree to disagree on things, but we're still cool. We still can go out for a beer or some sake. Or, you know, that's how it should be in the world. That's how it should be in the world. I have the lemongrass tea. There you go. There you go. <laughs> tea is good, too. The internet is the internet. You can't listen to anything the internet says. There's always going to be haters. Oh, no. That's why I said my piece. I'm praying. I'm moving on. I'm good. Uh, but, yeah, thanks all you for watching. And uh, don't forget, Wednesday night, probably around 7 p.m. Pacific, Samurai guy is going to take his crack at Samaritan. <laughs> and uh, thankfully for today, Rick has lowered my expectations even more. So we'll see. No, let me go. No. <laughs> I'm already. I'm, I haven't even seen the movie yet, Rick, and I'm already annoyed. I'm Richard, already annoyed by the kid. Moral, the moral <laughs> of the story is just like. <laughs> oh man, well it sucks. I'll be there for Sly, but we'll we'll see we'll see how it works out. Uh, but yeah, always a blast hanging out with Rick. That's right. Thank you, sir. You're a legend. That's right. Thank you, and we will see you guys. I'll see you guys Wednesday. That's right. And uh, not sure about the other days this week. Uh, we'll see what happens. It comes, it goes. You guys will be uh, notified. In the, you'll be in the loop of what other awesome content is coming out this week. But thanks again for watching. Don't forget to follow Rick uh, in the description box below. And uh, don't forget, hold on, I got to do it one more time. One more time. And don't forget.
Get the book! Get the book! Get the book! <laughs> See you guys on the next one. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Peace out. Take care, guys.